Welcome to the Next Level Show, a health and fitness podcast with a little bit of life. Hosted by Jonathan Alvarez, Gabriel Contreras, and Mike Nillis. We hope you enjoy this episode. In this episode of the Next Level Show, we're going to be covering everything you need to know about supersets, giant sets, and cluster sets. Basically, all the sets. All the ways. All of them. Every single type. Collector sets? Even those. Those are the special rare kind. Those are limited edition. Finally talk about my Pokemon cards. (laughs) Yeah, so today, like, uh, before we get into it... um, check out the show notes if you want to see exactly where we begin talking about this this is going to be just a way to make your workouts spice them up a little bit make them a little bit more challenging without necessarily adding more time to your maybe already limited schedule to work out and we're going to cover all the benefits and maybe some ways that we incorporate them ironically enough i've been playing more with the supersets this week uh, just just this week, because I try to limit them for specific occasions, but just because I've been haven't been feeling um, as optimal and my time hasn't been been as uh, flexible. Just with the holidays coming, we're cramming a lot of sessions in, so it's just been kind of affecting my workout routine a little bit. But I'm I'm excited to talk about this. You just muted me, Mike. What? You muted me. I didn't mute you. Yeah, I said the host muted you. What's up with that? You trying to silence me? Uh, no, don't, don't send, don't censor me, please. I didn't press any buttons. You know what? Maybe it was just so, uh, it, it was just, uh, so cold that it just happened by mistake. You know, like, you know, your, your, your hand is shaking and then you just hit it by mistake. I woke up, it was like, what, 40 degrees. What's up with that? Yeah. It was kind of nice though. Not going to lie. I mean, I'm, I'm, I sound like I'm, ex- I'm complaining, but we got outside, we had to do some running around early in the morning and I was just like, you know what? It's not so bad. Just throw on a sweater and you're good to go. It was nice for the first 10 minutes of my walk with Chester. Um, after that, it, it, it was just fucking cold and I was over it. And ah. he was not, he was loving it. So we compromised and walked back to the house at a slow pace. But yeah, I don't get, gotcha. I, I was out less than 10 minutes each time, like outside of the car. So maybe that's why I was enjoying it. Yeah, mine was like, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, talking about walking dogs, I'm kind of bummed out, guys. I haven't been able to, I'm not going to be able to be walking my dog for a little bit. Apparently, she suffered an injury, possible tear in her Achilles tendon in her right hind leg. What? How'd that um, happen? Yeah. It, we don't know exactly. It could happen to dogs that are just over above the medium size, you know, anything bigger than the average you know small little uh, lap dog these dogs can like hurt themselves maybe slipping on the tile turning too aggressively in a direction just kind of like how you would in sports um it's not called an acl for dogs but they say that so we can understand what they're referencing but it's i think it's called uh anyone that's listening that knows better can correct me it's a i think it's a ccl but don't quote me on that i think that's what it's called for canines but it's it sucks it's not a confirmed tear because we didn't get an mri just an x-ray and but she said based on certain tests that she did uh, it looks like you could it could potentially be that and of course they offer the option of surgery no surprise that is ridiculously expensive but i probably wouldn't mm-hmm. do any type of surgery anytime soon just because she's not fully grown yet and i don't want to mess with anything that could potentially affect her in the long term so we're doing anti-inflammatories right now, taking it easy, trying to like keep her as calm as possible. Luckily, my house is not a very big, I mean, I live in a duplex, so it's just a smaller uh, space for her to keep her somewhat controlled and avoid her jumping high or jumping at all. But it's kind of hard because we have another pup, another dog in the house and she plays with, with her and it's just, they might run back and forth sometimes. So I have to try to like keep her confined and it's hard because she's still luckily able to put weight on it. And so it's, I don't think it's that bad. It might be some type of strain is what I'm hoping. In that I was going to, I was going to ask you like how, one, how'd you notice? Because uh, I, I mean, like I've seen like, you know, dogs, like let's just say they hurt their leg or their paw or whatever. And then they just, 
they never put it on the ground. They're like just hobbling along with like three legs because they just don't want to put any pressure or any, any body weight on it. Just like, and you mentioned that she's, she's able to do that. So how, how did you notice? Uh, just by a couple of days ago, I noticed that she was moving a little bit different. Um, this happened like a couple of days ago where I just noticed, but it wasn't glaringly where she was limping. I just noticed how she was shifting her weight on her when she would stand. And then it was two days ago when I noticed she was actually limping and at times would still put weight on it, but it was more, it was just there in my face after our walk. I was like, okay, this is, this is not normal. So I scheduled her as soon as I could. Um, I've been, <laughs> I've wasted a lot of money between her little ear infection she had um, and all that. So it's been kind of an interesting month for her. Um, hoping that with this, it's just a matter of time where it kind of gets back to where the inflammations may be down and she can, we can work on maybe just really monitoring her movement and making sure she's not doing anything crazy because it wasn't anything that stuck out in my face where she like jumped, hurt herself, yelped. And I could be like, okay, that was it. It can, it literally can happen in the most subtle way. That's the most, you know, shitty part about the whole situation. So here we are being hopeful and optimistic and, yeah, I have to train a lot more clients to be able to afford a surgery if we went that route. But hopefully it doesn't get to that point. Like I said, you touch her, she doesn't yelp or twist or, you know, you know, avoid you. For the most part, it's not changed her mood. She's still pretty happy, eats, goes to the bathroom. Typically when they're really hurt, that kind of yeah. changes the way they even go to the bathroom. They'll avoid it because of the pain, but she still flexes her knee and all that. It's just she's more careful on the extension past a certain point if you like pull on it so hopefully oh. it's just a strained area but not an actual full-blown tear hopefully that sounds uh kind of crazy like you said an interesting time between the ear infection and that so hopefully she gets uh better real quick yeah hopefully yeah i miss like you know i have to now still set some time aside because i got into the habit of where i would walk with her for 20 to 30 minutes minimum minimum a day and now you know it's anybody that's like doesn't care about it but like you know what good i get to kind of chill out a little bit i kind of like the whole little routine coming home going out getting some sun so what i'm probably going to do to kind of just keep myself accountable is go jog a little bit outside and i've been actually curious about I haven't ran a mile like straight in time for a long time. So I'm actually tempted on seeing how fast I can run a mile. How bad have I gotten since high school? What, what were you in high school? Do you remember? Man, I was low. I was in like, I was a fast runner when I was in school. I was probably in like, you know, mid, mid to upper fives, low sixes. Mm -hmm. If I had to guess, I don't, I don't truly remember, but I know the elite levels are like in the fours, low fives, or like just better levels of running. So I just want to do one mile. I don't care to run two, three, four, five, six, ten miles like one of some of our peers that Mike and I know that just love running. So I just want to go ahead and try to be fast. How about this? Uh, to make sure that you do that, and not just you, someone else too. How about by the next time we record, we say what our mile time is? So, I'll do it too. So this weekend I have to do it then. That is correct. Okay. So yeah, um, I'll do it probably tomorrow when I'm more rested. I don't have to have a have a client load. Day. <laughs> I'm busy you know, that not day. Making, not making excuses. Mm, sounds like you already are. Sounds <laughs> like you're sandbagging yourself already. Well, you know what? I had a I had a long client day. You know, it's this and that and whatever. I had to you know take care of my dog. You know, it's all this this bum knee. <laughs> No, I haven't done that in a, in a while too. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure I can almost guarantee like, you know, I'm going to get to like a quarter mile and be like, okay, let's uh, slow it down because I'm just terrible at that. I just go, I, I just, I, I, it's hard for me to kind of like slow my pace down. Like, I just want to just hurry up. Like if I'm on the treadmill, like if I'm on like on a five or whatever, I'm like, so are well, you doing this on a treadmill or actually outside? I, I would do it outside. I'd prefer to do it. Yeah, what would you want to do? I'm doing outside. I'm probably going to use my my Apple watch to gauge distance, even though it's not the most accurate, but I'll use that tool as my metric. Me too. And it, could, it could be slightly off. Well, at least we'll bit. both be using the same tool, right? Correct. Yeah. So hopefully 
it works out pretty good. Or I can kind of maybe map it out. I'll let you know. We'll text about it off air and we'll kind of, once it's time. What do you think, Mike? What's the over under on the uh, mile time? I'd say what? Uh, eight? I, I, well, first of all, I want to know what the wager is. I is mean, it just for I shits think, and gigs? Just, well, just, well, whatever you want to do. What do you, what do you want to do that, John? Um, you buy me, you buy me lunch. Sure. If I, you know if that I you beat you in the mile time by, by anything by like a millisecond, what, what's the, we got it. Yeah. We gotta, yeah. It can be literally whatever's whoever's number, faster. Better. Yeah. Okay. And you have to take a picture of it right mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. and send it to the group. Okay. Let's All make right. it happen. I'll ask about the that. listeners if they listen to this, you know, before Monday, before we record, or if you listen to it after and you're playing catch up, which host do you think will win in the mile time? Well, now here's here's a valid point though. What um, what happens if one of you finishes it before the other, and that gives the second person the advantage of knowing exactly what time they need to beat? Well, that was my so, goal. That was okay. my plan. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So how about this? Whatever it, we, uh, once we say that it's done, like you tell me that you finish and I'm like, and if I'm finished, then we submit the times then and there. How about, dude, is there a way that we, can we, do we have access to a high school track maybe? Mm. I mean, you, you both can jump fences. Yeah. This is true. I don't feel, I don't feel like getting arrested. <laughs> Yeah. I I, I want to say no no uh, no there is a high school around here but I want to say it's closed. Old high school, but yeah, I think they're closed for the for the holidays, and I don't think break jumping over there, and I don't feel like getting arrested. So no, there's Not a so there's a place you can run that runs parallel to Del Prado if you're north of uh, Pine Island Road. You mm. know what I'm talking about? It's got the little uh, like pull up bars along the way. It's got like little workout stations. You know what I'm well, we'll about? just. We'll just do what I said. Just uh, once, if you say you did it, then I say that I completed. I confirm that I completed as well. We submit our times then and there, so that way there is no, uh, like Mike said, which is what I kind of wanted to do. That's fine. Yeah, there's no pricing. Yeah, pricing. Even though you know, you know that you you are the favorite one to win. How do you know this? Because you you you. If I would have to guess, I would guess that you would be in more cardiovascular shape than I am. Who jump ropes? I haven't jumped ropes since like a while. I guarantee it's longer than me, and I guarantee when you ha- when you were doing it, it was for a much more longer extended period of time than I was. Probably. So you we'll are the favorite to win. Don't start excusing yourself. I'm just saying you're the favorite to win. So <laughs> you have everything to lose, and I have nothing to lose. Stop telling me things I want to hear. <laughs> just you know what? Since you're gonna be fine, you're gonna win regardless. Just take it easy. Just jog the whole way. <laughs> you, you'll you'll still win. I'm going to actually ask my runner friend that lives right behind my house, Ryan Songers. You know him, Mike, of course. We, he went, all went to, we all go to the same gym or went to the same gym. He, uh, he might be able to tell me exactly. He runs around our block so much that he knows exactly what is a mile distance on all his little tools that he uses. So mm-hmm. he'll be able to tell me. Okay. We'll hey. do it. Watch next, and then after that, it'll be uh, maybe the rower. I like doing Oof. that. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done that shit in forever so there goes goes my lungs out of my i'm gonna be like puking my lungs out no Um, i I think that's actually easier i i I guarantee that well for me personally i think that's easier than when i when i do uh when i run i have done the rower sporadically and i say that you know very loosely Uh, i usually just go for like you know 500 meters and then i stop takes me about maybe four minutes or so ish i gotta look It's, it's on my watch so talking about cardiovascular work and stuff, and this is a new challenge, supersets, cluster sets, giant sets, all, all the sets tax the cardiovascular system of the body as well as the muscle building effects that you'll get. This is a perfect segue. Awesome segue. Best one yet. <laughs> Best one in a while, right? No, so I really, really like this. You know, for someone that hates running, I mean, I'm not a big fan of running. So if you're someone that wants to you know increase the intensity of your current workout maybe you're someone that does straight sets which is just a traditional you do a set of whatever number you rest x amount of time you go back into a normal set and the in the rep scheme usually stays about the same there's really no changes um throughout that workout 
when you add a superset um, or a, a giant set and to specify the differences, we'll kind of get into those. Um, you're automatically combining more than one exercise together. And typically when you do that, your rep scheme, typically you're not doing heavy single supersets where you're doing one heavy ass deadlift, jumping right into one heavy ass squat rep and then one to one heavy bench press. That's usually not what that looks like. You'll probably do be doing sets of 10 to 20 reps, jumping into the next exercise. And when you just combine, you know, all those and, I think that they're awesome. They really get your heart rate going because you're going to be gassed, especially if you can combine, let's say, a squat into a leg leg extension or something. You are really going to be sweating and pumping after that. So that's an example of a superset traditionally um, or typically. So I actually want to specify when I was in school when I was learning about all the different scientific terms. Superset, you know, we combine it as two exercises, a simple way for us to think superset. It's two opposing muscles, let's say a bicep exercise and a tricep exercise. It's considered a superset. I think it's considered a uh, complex set. Uh, compound. Compound set when it's sim- It's the same muscle group, Yeah. Ver- right? So yep. I'm trying to remember back when I was in school, they all the terms, but a compound set, let's say it's two bicep exercises. Um, so like a like a barbell curl and then uh, like dumbbell curl or a hammer curl for example hammer. yeah so the same like your variation kind of so it's a variation that is considered but to keep it super simple for this you're not gonna be debating someone in the fucking gym if you are whatever but typically to keep it simple in this category it's in that superset type mentality where you're just combining two exercises back to back then you rest. So that's what a superset looks like. It's the most common one that I'll use when I really want to get crazy. If I'm short on time, I love and throwing in giant sets. And this is something that I'll even do for a client. Back in the day when we were limited on time and I was strictly on uh, half hour sessions. And once a client was at a certain level, I would allow them to, to intensify the workout because either budget not budget wasn't allowing for more time and that was understandable. So we did what we could. And it's a great way to still keep the intensity high and their muscle building, that muscle building signal loud. And I love it. It's actually really fun when you combine certain things. This is when you combine, I think three to five exercises. I don't know these, like I'm trying to remember the exact thing. Uh, Mike, can you Google this on your phone uh, while we're discussing this or do you guys have access to your guys' phone or if not, I'll pull it up as fast as I can. So while that's being pulled up, uh, yeah, you kept it pretty super simple for the super set. The, um, the, yeah, thank you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> appreciate it. So the, the way that I like to use this, I don't uh, typically like to use it like as a compound or a complex at how you mentioned with, where you're doing, you're attacking the same uh, body parts with technically uh, for minimum of typically at least four exercises for a giant set. Correct. What I like to do for the supersets is really for like opposing things such as uh, my, my, my favorite is doing either like a bench press to like a pull up or an overhead press to a pull-up. And what I found is when I'm doing this, one, it's when I'm pressed for time, which is has been more recently where I only have like 30 to 40 minutes to work out. And I want to, what I typically do is I get like, you know, either like a deadlift or a squat. I do those regular, maybe from three to five working sets. And then I want to do an upper body, right? But again, since I just finished three to five sets, I'm I'm pretty pressed for time, so then I do a uh, an overhead press and a pull up. And what I found when I do this, uh, it you would think like you wouldn't be as strong or wouldn't be to push it as hard for either one of the two, but that's actually not the case. I would still be able to maintain, you know, maybe a rep or two, um, give or take, in the in what I would do if I would just do them like a, as a straight set. So I like to do this uh, a, a lot. Uh, I, I prefer to do compound movements such as this, like an overhead press or a bench press into a pull-up or to um, a bend of a row. Uh, th- that would be my preference as to how I use it. Um, what, what, what do you guys do? Do you do the, like, the, like the bicep to a tricep or what's your go-to for this? For every kind. For me personally, it's a bench press to some type of back rowing exercise shoulder same thing any type of push with a pull is how i'll usually organize it for my arms is the most common because typically if i'm doing a full body style of training at the very end maybe i'm running out of time or 
I just want to get a really good pump at the end of my session. I'll just throw in a superset variation, you know, buys and tries. And uh, for my legs, if I, let's say, especially back in the day when I used to have more of a lower body dominant day, or even recently, I've been doing lower body days, kind of separating my leg days from my upper body days. Still, um, I'll do my mid compound lifts where I'll spend, you know, decent amount of time, rest period, straight sets. At the very end, maybe if I really want to add more volume, and I, I just kind of want to finish the leg day because it's not my favorite day to be dragging out for an, past an hour. I'll usually throw in maybe a, a, a machine variation with some leg extension with leg curls. Just a simple way to kind of toast the legs after you've already hit them with big compound movements. And uh, that's usually how I'll, I'll do it myself. Mike, what do you usually do? Um, if it's not... Uh arms biceps and triceps that's like my go-to for most programs that i do myself um for myself and my clients i guess i'm the dick of the group because i like making my clients do ab supersets that's yeah, <laughs> it's, it's still it's still an amazing I, way to do I, it i recently i recently did that i want to say what on tu- uh tuesday i did that yeah i'll do like a um like a hold and a dynamic or a dynamic and a rotation or something like we're not doing like crunches and then like raises or something like that it, you know, well, kind of mix it up so bit. so what i'll do sometimes i'm talking about being a dick you know you're gonna be making that client do a let's say a reverse crunch where we know puts more of that that tension or the resistance the at the bottom portion of your core yeah, that's where you people will feel it then i'll do some another variation where it targets you know, more or puts the point of resistance at the top portion of there where you're going to have to curl from the upper body inwards versus bringing your hips up. So that's one way I'll do it just to really murder. It takes typically takes two sets really well done. You don't need any more than that. But uh, Mike does it uh, very well as well with adding maybe a stabilizing exercise with some type of uh, dynamic, you know, just a movement based, you know, it can be a rotation or some type of crunch variation is also a a great way of doing it. Yeah, the the two that I picked was um, uh, a plank, but on a bosu ball, uh, mm-hmm. on and on a, st- on a stability wall, excuse me, and into a reverse crunch. Yeah, that's what I that's I, what I choose. What I used to do was uh, an active plank with a uh, re- uh, a reversed a reverse crunch, and yeah. that would just toast the shit out of my core. Because even the plank, even though it was a stabilizing movement, I was still moving and just allowing myself to move, drop down, come in and mm-hmm. contract, and then go and try to do a, uh, just a, uh, where my muscles are actually contracting all the way, shortening the abs as much as you possibly can. And man, oh man, it just felt like my abs generally had a pump and it hurt. Mm-hmm. It was, have you ever had an ab pump, like a significant mm-hmm. where you feel like your the little muscles are like popping in the, you like this, I feel yeah. like I'm literally going to cramp at any given second. I haven't had that, but I had had the cramping feeling. Like, yes. I'm like, if I do one more, I'm going to just, my, my, my stomach is just going to split open. When you train abs really well, you don't really need much. It's really, really crazy the how that works. Yeah. She ended up doing what, four, you know, four to five reverse, four, I'm sorry, four to six reverse crunches. And then on the plank, which actually I didn't uh, specify, it was more like a, it started as just a regular plank on the ball. But then I said, okay, we'll try to extend, extend your arms and do like either a stir at the pot or what was it, like a seesaw kind. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and then it was like maybe 15 to 20 seconds on it. So, and then she was done. She was fried. So, now you mentioned, we, we mentioned before about this is a good way, uh, like a time saver if you're short on time. What, for what other purposes or what other individuals would you recommend this type of, of uh, w- would you combine the, the supersets, the giant sets and cluster sets all together for one particular client? Um, obviously these are advanced train, you know, movements, you know, we wouldn't start off a beginner with them, but, uh, for a, would you prescribe these for a particular goal or how um, would you go about this? So you said something about do, not doing it for beginners. You can, you can do some type of superset. Typically I don't do the giant sets and stuff like right away. Typically with a superset, the client, if they're deconditioned, it's more than enough. And you can do some movements where they're in a stable setting of course you're not going to make them try to you're just learning how to do a barbell squat and you're going to try to superset that into another exercise might not be the best because it's going to take away from the skill but if it's any type of machine or tool that you're using or a band there i feel comfortable teaching that to a you know a more of a beginner intermediate to beginner level right so um what was the question i'm sorry i'm trying to remember exactly the other part <laughs> so- of it. Yeah, no, who would you give this to? Like what, what oh, type okay. of goal would, would, would be would best pair for this? So it depends. Um, 
I've recently been doing stuff for conditioning. Literally, just some good, we've been combining stuff, and it's multi uh, multi movement based exercises i probably just butchered the technical technical term for that right but um but i've been doing that for some people that are really just trying to get their build up their gas tank you know for a particular goal maybe they're trying to get back into the military i have a client that's trying to do that currently and but for typically for my aesthetic driven crowd that's trying to develop you know the body parts you know certain lagging areas just add more intensity more volume into a given area possibly without compromising um overall recovery their overall recovery ability so maybe after we've done all this the important technical stuff we'll maybe really just focus maybe they need more attention on their side delts maybe they need more attention in their calves or their legs or their arms we'll add maybe some cable variations to some of these exercises or some machine stuff and typically with the focus of just being able to ramp up that intensity maybe towards the end of the workout get as much blood as we can and typically that's how and with the giant sets same thing it's not always a time thing it's also just to really uh, push the body in a safe way where they're able to just give it their all and actually go to closer to that failure mark that you know on a scale of one to ten on rpe 10 being where they couldn't move anymore Get to, the, get to that nine level where they literally had maybe one rep left in that tank or anything past that point would have been an absolute 10 shitty form broken down mechanically. It just wouldn't have been pretty, but we get them really close and I can gauge their, where they're at based on doing all the work prior to that. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. And you were mentioning like intensity. We were mentioned time already. So this kind of like you, you're, we're taking all of those um, variables that we spoke about before on the episode about the reps, weight, rest period. So you're taking all of those and kind of uh, manipulating all of them in one for all of these, right? Because you're for sure, you know, reducing on the weight, right? Because you're not going to do like, you know, push it kind of crazy if you're doing like a giant set or, or even a super set. Um, you're uh, adjusting on the rep count, right? Because this is generally speaking, you would do it for higher rep count, right? Anywhere from like what, 12 to and up 12 plus, generally speaking. Uh, your, your, your rest periods, basically none, right? You're going to go, you're going right into your next one, your next one. And you're like you mentioned, the intensity is just ramping up, uh, you know, tremendously while doing so in a safe manner. So I like how you mentioned that because, uh, if you do like what one, one lift for, you know, heavy max load, but then you can kind of get to that same exact point by reducing the weight a lot, but back, you know, uh, and, and introducing another movement to it. So you can get to that same RPE level that you mentioned, you know, in, in a much, in, in generally in a safer manner. Yes, absolutely. And the way, as an example, we talked about supersets, so it's just combining typically two exercises whether it's a bicep curl with a tricep extension, that's a, a, a basic combination of, or a leg extension with a leg curl, same thing, you're attacking both sides, this is just a way to knock it out. Uh, for a giant set, what would look like for me, let's say if I'm having a quick arm day, it's Friday, so it's the first thing that comes to mind, typically what I would want to do, not always, but this is what I'll usually love to do, is uh, if I'm really not in the mood to train, I want to get in and out, but I want to still have a kick-ass workout, I'll usually do uh, two buys, two tries, and it will just cover the main angles. We've covered back in, the, in other episodes uh, in the past, we talked about how to properly train your arms and using angles to, to train them. So what I'll do maybe is a, an incline curl uh, into a dumbbell skull crusher, into a tricep extension cable cross extension where you have the each cable in each, uh, in each hand but it's the opposite so you're kind of creating that force uh and and the angle so you can fully extend on the on the on the tricep extension with the cable and then what i'll do is maybe do some type of spider curl variation with the cable or a dumbbell so i'm covering short end of the tri uh, bicep and the tricep long angle for buy and try did that opposite but you know what i'm saying cops yep. running out you get it you get it <laughs> no i got i got you <laughs> you know you mentioned that i was actually uh curious as to how you were going to pair it uh, i was i was going to say to myself okay are you doing buy and try buy and try or 
bicep, bicep, tricep, tricep. You but can I like do it, I did right. it. But I do, I love doing the opposing. So still kind mm -hmm. of, you know, it gives the muscle enough time to recover. You can do this with any body part. Uh, yep. Obviously exercise selection for most people, we, I personally opt in unless you're high level and you're very sound with your technique, avoid heavy loaded barbell movements as this, but you can do it. It's totally doable. If you're, if you're, like I said, you're technically sound, but for most people, cable variations and machines work phenomenal that target, uh, every angle, the main angles of tension when you're training. So if you're doing a, any type of pull down variation for your back, you don't want to just go do a pull up and then a lap pull down. I mean, you can, it's just kind of counterproductive to do it in a giant set. Um, you would want to maybe do, you know, a lap pull down into, if you're going to do a kind of push pull, do an incline press, you know, either with uh, dumbbells, keep it safe, go into a cable row. That's a horizontal type of press. I mean, row pull variation, right? So with me. And <laughs> yep. then you may do some type of fly or some flat press for your chest. And that would be maybe uh, just a four set boom, 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 in that order, tacking all the angles, the main ones, you know, just, you know, using most bang for your buck, you can add, you know, maybe two other isolation variations, always, of course, you can do it. And that's an easy way just to fry the upper body, you'll be done in about 20 to 40 minutes tops, depending on how long you're resting between sets. No, for sure. That'll definitely get you. And and yeah, to, to echo your point, of if you're doing any kind of compound movement, you want to just make sure that you're technically sound for those. Otherwise, you know, you feel free to do these with um, isolation movements, right? Isolation movements, this is kind of like almost made for it, or, or this is where people generally use it more for, right? The, the isolation movements, like you mentioned, bicep and a tricep, oh. or hitting all, part, all three parts of your, uh, you, you know, your shoulders. Um, I know I mentioned before that I like to do back-to-back uh, -back compound movements, uh, but that's just more for a the like I said the time, and I'm with those two movements. I'm pretty confident in my uh, in my technique in my form. So, Mike, did you have something to add? I have something, but I before uh, I'll can, say make a mental note for it. You, Go you ahead. You can say you can say your piece. Okay, I just want to make sure I don't like miss this particular because now we covered a lot. We naturally we we I see ourselves we gravitate kind of that that natural bro guy mentality where we just want to like get that pump right it's fun it's something exciting it's probably one of my favorite things about uh bodybuilding style movements and training now i will say this and i know i take i have taken mike through this in the past a couple years back and we're talking about giant sets right and it it almost looks like a circuit but there's genuinely like you're you're focusing on making sure that the movement is not on time. You're not timing these movements. You're hitting a certain rep scheme and you're kind of going towards. So I want to just clarify that. But also remember, Mike, phase four durability phase of performance. Yes. Okay. Oh, so Jesus. Where, where we how could you forget? Um, so. It, it, it we did a we would do multiple different movements that weren't of the same body part but this is another way that's technically considered a a giant set you know by definition and you are creating you know we did some type of dumbbell squat variation into a pull up into a push up into a pressing overhead you know just a dumbbell press or something it was four exercises kind of in a you would do as many reps with proper form, not for time, but then you would move on to usually the ex next exercise, exhaust that, and then you'd move on. And, and you just would rest after that, recover, get your heart rate down to a normal place. But this is another way that you do an exercise, uh, a routine that's still with technique being in mind, keeping it safe and using these very different full body style movements where you're covering literally your full body within that session, which probably for most people that maybe don't have don't care to, to bring up their shoulders just yet maybe don't care about the teardrop on their quad they're just really just trying to you know move get a good kick-ass workout burn some calories and this will as a result really bring your heart rate up burn some extra calories but i just want to make an emphasis keep your form intact focus on that you'll still get all those calorie burning effects but you'll have a, a solid solid workout so this is where, you know, people say, hey, what do you do to work out? You say, I lift weights. What do you do for cardio? I lift weights faster. Yeah. <laughs> That's be one of those kind of deals. Classic. 
Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, those are uh, one thing that I wanted to mention also. So these, they all sound pretty enticing. You telling me I can get in and out of my workout in like 20 minutes. I'm going to be there like forever. Awesome. This is not something to do all the time, right? Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't recommend to a client to say every single workout that you do from here on out, just do it in this type of fashion. No, you'd want to intermittently, you know, add it. Like I said, I I do this whenever I'm cut, I'm pressed for time. Ideally, I would rather just uh, take some more time and rest in between each sets. Me personally, for my own um, maintenance and my own goals and how I like to train. Uh, but you just got to be mindful of how often are you doing this? If you see that you're doing it too much, you'd want to just, you know, adjust accordingly and, and, and not have this as your main staple way of training. Yeah. Uh, your body adapts to anything that you throw at it. So you just definitely want to keep that in mind. The most ideal way is to throw these things as just ways to bump up your intensity for two to six weeks. Usually is when, when you start noticing that there's no longer that mind blowing the, the mind-blowing results that you were getting maybe at the very beginning. So just be mindful. But if you genuinely are a person that's very low on time, you can still progress. It's just going to be a little, not as, as rapid as if you would probably throw it in more sporadic, you know, for shorter blocks and try to keep some type of more of a traditional foundation. But go ahead, Mike. I feel like we... Oh, yes, we totally did. Going. No, I you're good. You're good. I like it. Um. I think it's time to definitely talk about cluster sets and drop sets though. Yes. Oh yes. Cause those, I love those. They're fun. All right. We actually didn't mention the drop sets at the beginning. I, I, well, Mike read my mind because I was just thinking about the drop sets as well. Oh. All right. I heard it in my head. So in, in my own, yeah, in my own world, you said it, but um, my client, I, I, just, pa- I passed it on to you. My, my client just asked me about uh, drop sets yesterday, actually. Um, and asked me like what the point of them was. Um, and I thought it was pretty appropriate considering what we're talking about today. So, um, that's probably like, yeah, I should. That's uh, but, but drop sets are like the most bro thing I think you could do really. I mean, that's like dropping, dropping supersets are right there. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of like bro training one-on-one almost, but like, it's fun. So a drop set is basically pick like an exercise. We'll do shrugs, for example. Um, you can also call it running the rack as we called it back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start with the heaviest weights that you can manage for however many reps You go for 12. Um, as soon as you get your 12, you go down by a certain increment, five or 10 pounds without any rest. You go for another 12 with that smaller increment, add, um, another couple of sets of that to where you're just going down in increments, just keep on cranking out the reps. Um, goal being, to just gorge the muscles with as much blood as possible and just fatigue them out in one giant explosion of sweat and grunting. <laughs> they need the grunt. Yeah. You, you got to have the grunt. Do this. Yeah. Preferably if you could stand right in front of the rack while you do these, um, that would make it like a true drop set. You got to make sure it's inconvenient for those around you. This is true. Good. Yeah, I I, uh, I did this for the first time with um with shrugs, uh, so I I picked a weight that I typically do you know like um uh twelve uh, no eight of, and then I said okay I'm gonna do f- uh, I'm gonna do uh four to five, and then I waited just five seconds in between each set, and then I went again, and what I found is I was able to do way more than than before. I w- I wasn't getting that uh you know I I it w- it would let me do way more reps total as opposed to if I were to just do my typical um, three to four sets. So I, I, it, it was great. It was something that I never tried before. And I would advise, you know, people just give it a shot. Try it out. Um, maybe not with a, with a compound movement. Uh, so yet. It, unless unless you're, you're stable. Possibly. Exactly. You can do it with a compound movement. You it's can. Exercise, so just always use it as a rule of thumb is as long as you are stable and technically sound with your, with that particular exercise of choice, you are good to go. If you are shaking like crazy in a bench or dumbbell variation or a squat, maybe it's not time yet to focus on these type mm-hmm. of things, but just want to make that keep emphasizing that point, but go ahead, Gabe. No, for sure. That's, that's the main point that I wanted to say. And that's why when I, 
pick this uh, training technique, I didn't go with something like, you know, that I didn't feel as I was as uh, unstable, right? I said, let me just go with shrugs. Pretty simple. I could have done it with uh, maybe next time I'll try with uh, either like curls. Actually, you know what, speaking of, uh, of what we were doing, I typically, what I like to do for curls is actually drop sets. I prefer, I, I barely do any kind of like arm, the only arm training that I really do is like either heavy, you know, either pull-ups or rows or anything. Whenever I do curls, I, t I tend to do drop sets, which is all the way at the end of my, my workout. I go and I start like at the, you know, like the 35s, 40s or something. And I just run the rack all the way, to, all the way down to like the fives mm -hmm. until like the fives feel like they're like 80 pounds or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, th that's, that's, that's how I like to do um, drop sets. I don't think I've done drop sets in any other fashion, mainly because I tend to train by myself. So if I were to like, let's just say do it with a bench press, right. I'd have to kind of get up, take the weight off, get back down, get in position. And it almost takes defeats not it doesn't defeat the purpose but it changes it slightly yeah. right the, meaning the wait time in between each each uh each set yeah. so that's why i like to do some things like a like a like a uh, hammer curl that i can just go right into it without the, the assistance of someone else yeah no it's basically it's just a way to increase your endurance in the muscle essentially when you're doing something like that you'll notice that if you go to a traditional set maybe your your strength may have increased for that heavier weight that you were working with you have more just more gas in the tank to keep going and pushing yourself that's just a way of you know stimulating the muscle in that aspect so definitely drop sets are amazing tools i want to go ahead and kind of move into uh the cluster sets i think the final one that we want to discuss is also a very a very advanced way of making, you know, of your, you know, just manipulating your training, right? So, Gabe, what is a, exactly a cluster set for the listeners? A uh, cluster set is what I said about the shrugs. Oh, that's about the shrugs? I thought you were yeah. just, still, I thought you were still referencing. No, no, I went from cluster to a drop. Yeah, I went from cluster. So, so again, to, to reiterate, um, Cluster set is where you take any movement that you can do from, let's just say, uh, 10 to 12 reps on it, mm -hmm. right? Then you take that same weight, same movement, but this time you do four, you do half, and you wait up to about five seconds in between each set. So you do your four, put the weight down, count to five, go back again, do it, do your four, put it down, count to five, and you'll notice that you will be able to do more um, uh, more volume total for that movement as mm -hmm. opposed to if you were to do a traditional um, straight set. So I wanted you to, the reason I wanted, because I, I was also thinking um, while we're discussing and preparing this topic, there's there's different ways to manipulate. You'll, you'll hear different people maybe say something slightly different about the cluster set. Um, other ways that I've heard, to use it is you pick a weight, let's say a weight that you can do for 10 reps and you'll only will do six. You'll rest not only just to five seconds, they've pushed it up to about 30 seconds and you'll do another four. Then you'll do another four. Then you'll do another, and you'll maybe add like five additional mini sets to that. Mm -hmm. um, or a potentially you can go up to another six. So you just want to wait that you're not going to complete failure on the first one, but you kind of have a delay. And like Gabe says, the goal is just simply to, to do at the end of the day, do more reps of a weight that you may were stuck on three sets of 10. That's the max you could do. You cannot go past 10 on that particular weight, but let's say you hypothetically stop at six, but then you do another set of, so bottom line, you did three sets of 10, that's 30 reps. So you stopped at six reps the first time. Then you added another four. Then you added another four. Then you added another four. And depending on how many sets you added, you, by volume definition, at the end of your workout, you may have done 35 reps or 30-something reps, depending on what number you use, if it's five reps to even number, whatever. So you're just trying to keep it like where you're at the bottom line. When you do the math, you're past that point. So this is, like I said, a more advanced thing because this requires you to be very aware of you, where your level of fatigue's at, how, where you start noticing breakdown. And it's not something it's, the, that's why we left it for last because it's not something that we teach all the time. It's kind of very rare. If I really get into a cluster set with someone, typically we'll do all these other variations, typically a superset standard, maybe some type of uh, giant set, 
then I'll do some type of drop set. But cluster set, I think I've done it for maybe one or two clients in my life, like that I really actually did a proper real cluster set. Uh, I think Mike, we've done variations of cluster set, you know, with your arm training or just some type of ice just to kill the muscle with their shoulders, uh, arms. Yeah, you made me do cluster sets with fucking BFR straps on my arms. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Mike was literally the guinea pig of a lot of experiments, which I already had done for myself first. So I never gave Mike something I've never tried. But uh, Mike was a warrior, man. So I knew he was up for the challenge. And it was just fun for me because I got to break the norm of my of training routines with clients. and got to really turn it up. So that's just a variation. It's just all literally all these are just tools to use mm -hmm. to make your to make your workouts one fun more intense maybe save some time if you're someone that's on a real hard time crunch maybe you're super busy and have you know a lot of responsibilities but you still want to try to make make sure you get some kick-ass workouts these should actually help tremendously yep like i mentioned they're a tool just make sure the it's the correct tool for the job if you're short on time great tool to use if your if, if your intention is you know just to always use this in order to not spend as much time in the gym i might adjust that accordingly after uh, after some time of using it right i wouldn't go for um, that many and, and and a great way to find it is like are these starting to feel easier for you are these not uh, hitting you as, as hard or burning you as hard as it was before maybe it's time to switch it up and change into something else yes mike anything else to add um, no, but I did. I did have something to tell you guys that it's not exercise related. Ah, so, I think I know what we're going to talk about. I forgot we didn't bring it up at the beginning. Sorry. It's okay. I didn't forget. Um, so I have found a new hero in my life. Um, forget Batman. Forget, you know, whatever philanthropist you want to name. Um, none of them matter to me anymore. There's a man in our past named Joseph Palmer, um, who's alive from like 19 or no like the 1800s to like the 1900 type era, mm -hmm. really long time ago. And he was prosecuted and harassed for wearing a beard. I'm going to say what? that again. He was prosecuted and harassed for wearing a beard. In May of 1830, he was attacked by four men with scissors and razors in an attempt to shave his beard because in 1820 – beards were not in fashion and he was going way against the grain way against cultural norm and everybody thought he was a fucking weirdo so they attacked him and tried to shave him he fought them off and actually stabbed two of the guys in the legs and then got put in jail for 14 months and refused to cooperate because he was innocent he was attacked obviously they hit him with a whole bunch of fines which like it's like ten dollars but back then that was probably way fucking more than just ten dollars is now so he wound up moving on with his life. And then by the time he reached the age of like 50 or 60 or so beards came back in fashion. So it was all, it was all for nothing. Um, his tombstone though is the best part. His tombstone literally reads persecuted for wearing the beard. <laughs> nice. Like well, you got I You got to shout it out. Right. I mean, like if you're going to come at me for that, I'm, I'm going to let everyone know. Yeah. He's, he's my hero. He defended it until the day he died. And I really appreciate that. Wow. Is this, this mean that you're never going to shave it off? Uh, there's potential. Yeah. You know, I can already, I, I can already see um, the baby vomit in my beard. I don't have the baby yet, but I know it's going to fucking happen. And I think that'll be like the deciding point. If I can make it past that, then yeah, you'll be all good. I don't see a reason to shave it if I can survive that. Mm, that's gonna be a real test of the beard and you, you got you can't let your hero down now at this point you already kind of put it out on the internet i know the guy was that guy was chased with scissors and razors and you're gonna cut it off because of a little bit of baby vomit come on now yeah i'm come sure on. he had way grosser shit in his hair in his, in his hair they didn't have yeah. all the oils and combs and tools no. to make it nice and luscious it was all natural <laughs> with that being said gabe wrap us up I will. One hot second. I know that uh, in the, we were talking about uh, Cyberpunk recently, right? Did you guys see that uh, Sony, they pulled it off of their PlayStation Store? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's it's uh, currently in an unplayable state, um, allegedly. So, yeah, that's really and, sad because, honestly, I think what happened was they developed it for PC and then ported it over to consoles, and mm-hmm. it's way more than any old-gen consoles can handle. Yeah. And if they had like tried to make it for next-gen, it would have pushed the date back even further. So they were kind of stuck between a, a rock and a hard place. But, hey, if you custom-built your PC a couple of years ago, it runs like a fucking dream. Boom. Uh, I gotta, I gotta say, talking about that, there was my uh, coworker that works at the gym. He, well, the owner of the gym, I call him my coworker, but the guy that owns the gym, he's super into gaming and he read like, um, I think it was like either a tweet or something that someone put. Everyone's complaining about Cyberpunk, you know, messing up their consoles or whatever, or it doesn't run. I, it's been running just fine for me. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. Um, And that's what he like post and then somebody on the bottom is just a smart ass and it's just like uh, well i will take this information to my village you have given me hope um <laughs> uh, for safe travels and just something stupid so stupid dude uh, i'm just cracking up because of the i could just sense the sarcastic tones on the internet it's just awesome always it's always that tone yeah and then sony was given refunds for people if they yeah. wanted it I think the developers said that they, they, they would provide refunds, but they couldn't, uh, that's something they couldn't, you know, commit to or how would they be able to do so? Yeah. So it was, it was just something and it sucks, right? Because everyone was, you know, looking forward to this yeah, and now man. because of this, and I saw this meme, it was like, um, I think it was like referencing Skyrim, you know, it has a couple of bugs. Everyone was just, it's like the Gordon Ramsay hugging a kid saying, Oh, it's okay. You'll be fine. But yeah. then uh, cyberpunk after one day, oh, it's like, dear. you know, gorgeous. You fucking yeah. donkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anywho, back on track. So, do you guys know uh, what do you call uh, something that's black and sits at the top of the stairs? Uh, paraplegic after a house fire. God damn. Kind of dark. That was pretty dark. That's about as dark as the as the dude at the top of the steps. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> With that being said, listeners, if you still are with us, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. Whole, maybe the last, not the last 30 <laughs> seconds. Leave us a five-star rating and review. We'd always appreciate it. Getting in front of more people, helping more people, changing more lives. If you want to check us out on the socials, you can check me out. At, you know, John Alva 7, the next level show. <laughs> is that the next level show? Mike is at Mike Nillis PT. You don't have to follow Gabe. You wow. don't. Uh, but if you do, you still like him. He's at Prime and Glory. Well, I'm here to kind of shine you guys up. <laughs> Happy holidays.